Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Welcome to our episode today, all about websites for coaches. And this is something very close to my heart, my Carla's also, because it is all about your website. And if it's not doing what it should be doing, then how will anyone find your business? Okay, Gemma, first question. Why do coaches need websites? Why can't we just have Facebook pages, Facebook groups, Instagram pages? Why? Well, because, (laughs) do you want the long version or the short version? We'll go with the in-between version. Okay. You cannot, as a coach, rely just on social media platforms. You cannot do it. You cannot do all of your marketing through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn only. And that is because that is not your territory. You do not own that social media platform. The owners of the social media platforms own that platform and they have a right to remove you from their platform at any time and all of your hard work will disappear in an instant. And if that is the only place all of your content lies, it will be gone. And if you don't believe me, look what happened earlier this year in Australia for our Australian listeners, for our non-Australian listeners, the Australian government was having, you know, what they call social media wars <laughs> and, you know, between the Australian government and the big, big guns of the social media platforms because the Australian government wanted to start charging them. So charging Facebook and Google um, for our news sites because all of our media organisations, Australian news sites, they were doing everything for free and we were suffering. Our media was suffering here. It was this ongoing thing and one morning because it happened in the USA in their daytime of course so Mm. while Australia was sleeping we all woke up to every single news site being taken off our social media platforms and that's it if they can do that to our to you know a Rupert Murdoch organization worth billions of dollars they can do it to you yeah and I'd just like to jump in and add that it's not just that they can remove you they can also tie your hands Now, I had this happen to me fairly recently. I started a Facebook group and for some reason, and I've never actually been able to get to the bottom of this, I had my business advertising account on Facebook suspended and I tried to work out what I'd done wrong Um, and I read through all the guidelines several times because that's what I kept being push to do and I kept trying different things and then I'd apply for them to um, look at everything again and reevaluate my position and eventually they just permanently blocked me from advertising for my personal business not freedom to coach um, on Facebook and the funny thing is I, I hadn't actually ever advertised on Facebook at this point so it's not something I'd actually done but 
it was just something that they did. So I, my business page on Facebook is essentially useless to me as far as Facebook advertising or anything like that goes. And no matter how hard I tried to work out what I had done wrong and to rectify that, I clearly wasn't able to do it. And no matter how many different people I asked in Facebook, I was never able to get an answer as to what I'd done wrong. So you know, it's not just that your account can be removed, although I've had friends who are actually coaches who have had that happen to them, but, you know, they can tie your hands in a myriad of ways. Absolutely. And especially when it, you know, not getting into ads in this episode, but especially when it comes to coaching and us as coaches and the things that we want to say and speak about you know it's there's so many regulations and rules around it within Mm. Facebook and Instagram and you can even barely touch a surface of one of those rules and they can remove you Mm. you know or they can shut you down or they can block you you know so you really you are limited there as well so don't get me wrong of course still use your socials do the things do the stuff on there absolutely because you can't not do that you know there's sort of a a running joke that you know if you're not on social media then you don't exist you know so certainly don't start not doing that you know a, a marketing strategy is very rounded and a presence should be across you know not all of the platforms but you do need to be across some um you know, so still do that, but you need a website. And so many coaches I see they don't have a website. And for me personally, imagine if, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram and you see some ad come up for some new workout gear, right? I don't know, a nice set of leggings and a top. You're like, oh, that's great. Well, I kind of want to buy that. You go through, you click on it, you're like, cool. And then you go, you, you have a look more and they're just selling this over Instagram look there's no website there's no nothing for me I wouldn't buy from that person because mm. they're like no they're professional to me if they if they don't have a website look are they a real business I don't know you know so you've got to think about other people's perceptions of your business as well I'm exactly the same if something pops up on Instagram like an Instagram ad and I'm like that looks amazing I want that first thing I do is Google their website. I don't click through to their website from the ad. I Google it separately just to make sure there's not something dodgy going on. And often it's the presentation of the website that will then encourage me to buy or not to buy. Absolutely. Which then, of course, brings me to my next connection. (laughs) Mistake I see so many coaches making. They have a website not much on there oh or it's not clear on what it is you do (laughs) that's my bugbear look we are again we will be doing an entire podcast episode on this (laughs) and you know the copy and the content the language you should be using but if it's not clear what you do on there how can you expect anyone to want to work with you how can you get clients and work with them if it's not clear what you do? And, yes, you know, I'm sure 
you've got, you could have group coaching programs or other programs, or they've found you from a different avenue, or they've come through from your Facebook page, or you're holding webinars, you know, it doesn't matter. If you don't have that sufficient information there, it's just not going to be a benefit to anyone, right? Like, I don't know, I'm an informational person, not everyone's like me, but I, I want to read the stuff. Like, oh, what does this person do? Cool, great. Oh, that's, that sounds awesome. Then I want to go to your about page and see what you're about and how you've helped others and the things that you've done. And then I want to see your services, right? You well, need that, all that there. I was actually going to, to say that, you know, it's a well-known fact that the about page is the second most visited page on your website aside from your homepage. And you can't see this, but Gemma's laughing at me. And I think it's probably because she told me this and she drilled this into me. But it is so true. Whenever I am looking up a business, as I said, even if it's just a business, I want to buy a pair of leggings and a top from. I always look at their about page. I want to know who I'm buying from. Mm -hmm. And I want to know the person. Mm -hmm. I don't want the about page is not the place where you can talk more about what your business offers the about page is when you where you talk about who you are as a person and as a coach it's what allows people to make a connection with you the rest of your website can tell them everything else they need to know but the about page it's it's something I'm a real stickler for it, you need a good about page you need an about page that allows people to connect with you as a coach and to go yep that's the person that I want to work with. Absolutely. And, you know, further to that, it's like we're not, we know how large the coaching industry is, right? We know how big our industry is. We know that there's, you know, billions of coaches out there. We also know there's billions of coaches who service our exact niche, right? Even though we've niched down and we help this, you know, particular target audience of people you're not the only one doing that right so people want to come to you to work with you because it's you you know so if you don't have all of that information on your about page you're not going to connect with that person you know why would I choose you over someone else you know it's because of that connection and you know in our industry as well you want to be working with someone that you feel that connection with otherwise what's you know, what's the point? And as, as consumers and people reading websites, we all buy for different reasons. We all make different purchasing decisions, right? But one of the biggest sort of factors of that and one of the most finely made decision is for connection. That, that's all it is, you know. We want to work with a human and we want to decide the human we're working with. And it can simply be, I don't like that humour and that's okay because here's the beauty of that. If they don't want to work with you, you won't want to work with them. Exactly. And why did you become a coach to help the people that you can help, to help the people that you want to work with? Why are you running your own business so you can work with the people you want to work with, not the people you're told to work with, right, and you have to work with? So that's even more the bigger beauty of an about page is you're writing it in a way for that connection. So you're connecting with the people you want to work with, 
Yes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that important? Right. Now, I'm sorry. I actually made us jump straight to the about page because, as we all know, I'm very passionate about that. But, Gemma, as a website, for a website as a whole, can you tell us what are the most important things that you need on your website? I sure can. A, a website need you need a homepage, so you need all that, you know, think of, think of it like a summary. You need that summary information. Obviously, you need your about. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the second most read web page, right? Your first, of course, is your homepage. So the home's needed, the about's needed, your service or offering or course or what it is you have. So your services or offers. And from there, you know, it's up to you. I suggest strongly that you need a fourth page after that that's going to be high in content. So whether that's your podcast page, whether that's your blog page, whether it's a page of case studies or videos or informational content, you need then a page with high amounts of content and you need that for many reasons. So you need large amounts of content for Google to be indexing your website so it keeps it active so it basically exists within the search engine and you need to be posting fresh content or your website will just get lost mm-hmm. and then it, it, it really is useless. Now back to your homepage, what do you need on there? It should reflect what's in your navigation bar. So, for example, that's your top bit at the top of your website. So if it says home about services or coaching program and then blog, that's how your homepage should run down. So you should have, you know, the intro. If, you know, you run your own coaching business, 99% of the time this should be a picture of you. So your picture and a short introduction. And I like to think of that as a fast who you are, what you do, who you work with and why. So your short little intro, you know, picture of you and then it works down that navigation. So, you know, a little bit more info, a little bit about you, about your offerings, link to your blog or podcast, a little bit about that. And then some kind of call to action there. So whether it's join a mailing list or you've got a free offer or a free gift, that's how your homepage should run down. So what about testimonials? One important thing I left out there (laughs) is your proof. So this is what happens when I get really excited. (laughs) My brain goes everywhere. That's okay. I'm here to keep you on task. Thank you. Someone has to. <laughs> the homepage. Another, it's, it's so important what you need on there are testimonials. Okay. Now, this goes for your homepage, goes for your about page. You can even create an entire page just for these. But you need to show proof to other people of what you do. Now, what I mean here, if we look at, we're back to an about page again. If we look at an about page, 
you know, you've spoken about you, how you can help people, your experience, what you believe in, you know, all of those things. So, you know, it, you've spoken a lot about you. So now you need to actually show from someone else's mouth, you know, how you've helped them. So people want to see that end result. So you can say, I'll help you with this and we'll do this and I had this transformation, so now I'll help you with this and we'll create the results you want. But if I'm on a web page, I want to see that you've done that for other people. I want to see how other people have worked with you, what results they've had. So really think about your testimonials in a way that's very results-driven, what they changed, how their life changed working with you, and you need that proof from someone else. Mm. And some of the ways you can collect that proof, um, for example, on my website, I think I've actually got a testimonial on every single page. And the ones, the pages that I've got talking specifically about different services, I've used the testimonials relevant to those services. Um, and the more general pages, I've just used some more general sort of testimonials. But you can use things that people have said about you on social media. You can use things that people have emailed you. Uh, you can use things that people have said, for example, on a podcast or in a video that you've made with someone else. But the most important thing is that you get permission from that person to use the testimonial. What I often do is I'll send the person an email I'll send them a copy of exactly what they said, whether it was in writing, I'll let them know where they said it. And I will just say, this is something that you said on this date, on this platform. So say in a Facebook forum, I'd really like to use that on my website. Is that okay with you? Is there anything you'd like to add or edit about that? So that's a really simple way of obtaining your testimonials I always keep a list whenever anyone says anything nice to me again whether it's in an email or anything like that or not just nice to me but about the service that I've provided I keep all of that stored somewhere and then if I ever want to use the testimonial that's when I write to them and just again get their permission and give them the option to edit add or subtract from what they've said Absolutely. And, you know, that's it's making it and keeping it trustworthy, authentic, dependable, you know. And to further add to that, when you then use it on your website, make sure you name the person. Mm. And if they're a business owner, they may, they may not all be. If they're a business owner, if they have a website, put down their name, put down their business and, and title, you know, owner or founder or whatever, and then link that back to the, their website. So, you know, it's almost an exchange of favours. You know, they've said something nice about you. They've given you a really, um, you know, positive feedback of something you've done for them. You can then say, now, you know, if I may I use this on my website, you know, give them the option if they want to change or edit, and then say, I'll link back to your website. So it benefits them as well, and it's benefiting your website page because you've got an external link. 
And it's helping their authority, their domain authority as well, by linking back to them. So it's like a win-win situation. It's actually a really good thing to have on your website if you're looking into the importance of search engine optimization. So, Jam, is there anything else from your perspective um, that are really important must-dos for websites for coaches? I did say we're, we're going to look at a whole website, a whole, a whole website. We're going to look at a whole podcast episode for this, but please use English words. And by that, I mean don't use coachy words that people don't understand, right? Because I do, you do, we all do as coaches, but people reading a website, one, they don't quite understand it. Two, it's not putting, right? And it's not inclusive. If I'm reading a website with all of these preachy words like, you know, manifesting and thoughts and thought loops and all of these buffering, like all of these words, I don't know what that means. You're not including that website visitor, so they're going to leave your website, you know. But the thing is as well, the people on your website, what they're interested in is the end result. What they get or how they change their life from working with you. They don't care about the in-between stuff. They don't want to read the coaching words. They're not interested in that, right? Absolutely. So always, you know, I've probably been clear on your website, but when you think about writing the copy, write it to benefit the reader, the website visitor, the website reader, and write it in a way that's results-driven or you will lose them. Yeah. I totally agree with that. You, When you write using all the coaching terms that are not common language terms, you're not coming across as smarter. All it does is confuse the reader and, like Gemma says, it really just puts a wall between you, between their understanding and what you're saying, which is absolutely not what you want. So I'm just going to put my tech hat on for a moment And from my perspective, there's two things that I think it's really important to have on your website. One of them, Jem's already mentioned, it's a call to action where you obtain the email address of the website visitor. Now, gone are the days where you could just say to someone, sign up to my newsletter. Now, when people give away their email address, they want something in return. So you need to give people something, whether it is a cheat sheet, a downloadable cheat sheet, or whether it is a short video on a particular topic that can help them straight away. You need to give something away to entice people to join your mailing list. And you have to be really, really clear when where you do have that sign up box that what they are doing when they press subscribe or submit or whatever your call to action button says that they will receive this thing that you've promised them and they will also be joining your newsletter list. It's GDPR. I can't remember off the top of my head what that stands for, but basically it's the rules that you have to follow in order to legally have someone's email address and not abuse that honour 
that they're bestowing upon you because it really is, it's an honour that someone is happy providing you with their email address and you don't want to abuse that relationship. You want to provide high-value content and you want to keep people informed about what you intend to do with their information because that's what it is. They're giving you their details, their personal details. And so you have to honour and respect that and be open and honest about what you're doing with it. So that's number one. Number two is that you need a call to action where someone can book a discovery call or a clarity call or whatever you want to call that with you. So that gives you an opportunity or gives the website visitor an opportunity to book and have a free discussion with you about what it is you do. Now, often when people first visit your website, they are not going to book something. It takes, I don't know, can you remember, Jem, is it 16 or something interactions? Yeah, I think it, it's, uh, look, the number can fluctuate by, you know, it, it's minimum seven times that mm-hmm. someone has interacted with you on various platforms. Yeah, and that interaction you know? could be just visiting your website or yeah. seeing your social media. Yeah. It's not Before actually. Before they take action. Yeah. So you, so you need to give people the opportunity when they're ready to come back to your website and to book that with you. So you can have a call to action button. Um, you can put a link on your contact page for people to book something. But I think that's really important because often when people are ready to take action, they're ready to take action now. They don't want to have to contact you and then wait for you to get back to them to suggest a couple of times that you're available, but they might not be available. That's not how the world works anymore. People want instant gratification, basically. So it's really important to use an online scheduler system such as Calendly or Acuity. There's many out there. I personally use Calendly and I recommend Calendly because I think it's got a nice user interface. Acuity is a very good one and I've used that for some clients as well. If you have a CRM like Dubzado that has a built-in scheduler, there's lots of options, but I do think that it is worth investing in having an online booking system, which is then attached to your online calendar. Don't forget that very important step so people can book in with you straight away. So that's pretty much it for me on websites for coaches. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Gem? I feel as though I had a further point to your email list marketing uh, or subscribe to your email list. That's great. It, it's it's so important to have that on the website, absolutely. And like like Mick said, please make sure you do it in the right way because how many times have you opened your email and you've got emails sitting there from people and you're thinking, I never signed up to this. How did this person get my email address? You know, you want to make sure your website is trustworthy is you know it has integrity and is honest so that that's really important same as the testimonials you know and don't make false claims you know if you're stating facts make sure that they are facts you know um yeah maintain your content i guess to the highest integrity and 
Yeah, you you know, be fun, use persuasive language where you can and make sure you're writing it, you know, that benefits the reader and make sure it has a flow because you want to direct the reader to places, you know, so make sure all your pages have call to actions so they can then book that call with you so they can get directed somewhere on your website. You know, make sure the flow follows down the homepage, reflects the navigation bar. Make it as user-friendly as possible. Don't make it hard to read. Space things out and don't put lumps of information. And another important point, make sure that you're being you. It's really important that if you speak formally, then write formally. If you speak more informally and you like to tell jokes, that's the way that you should come across on your website because, again, you want people to connect with you. And just further to that, it's like we're, we're both, I can see us both thinking of more things, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode has gone for a very long time because we are both all over websites. We love them. We know exactly how to create them. We know what works and what doesn't. So we're, we're, we're getting very excited. But further to the right, so it sounds like you, say someone has, you know, seen you on Instagram, like, oh, okay, cool, I'm going to go check out her website. If the person she's been following on Instagram sounds and looks completely different to the person that she's now seen on the website, you will lose that person, right? Because you're not maintaining that consistency. You're not maintaining that integrity. It's like these are two different people. Who, who am I working with? Who is this person? So make sure the way you are is the way that you write on your website. So that is, brings us to the end of the podcast today. As always, thanks for being here. But please, you know, don't not have a website coaches you all need a website and you need it to make sense explain what you do have it sound like you and your website is the heart of your business thanks for tuning into our podcast if you enjoyed it hit subscribe if you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach then check out our website www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.